0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. Today's topic, nutrition tips for dancers. In this episode, Jasmine Chalice provides solid nutrition takeaways for parents, teachers, and dancers. Let's listen and find out how we can keep our dancers energized during competitions.
1: Hi, I'm Jasmine Chalice, I'm a registered dietitian and nutritionist from the UK and I've been working with dancers for well over 20 years now and dance students and I work with circus students as well. We're going to have a little think today about eating for competitions. When it comes to competitions, I think you as teachers can be really really helpful in helping your students to be prepared because a lot of this is about planning and preparation. And often at events, I know that there just isn't the food provision that you might want people to be able to have. And if you haven't got it with you, you can't eat it. So really thinking about getting the students to plan and getting their parents on board. Maybe it's about actually sending out information if you send out an email, just thinking about what are they gonna bring with. So it needs to be, first of all, we need to think about food safety. Because if you're going to bring maybe a meat sandwich and it's going to be kept warm for six hours, you can't afford to risk on getting food poisoning. So a cold bag, a chilled bag, not quite sure what you call it across the globe, but I think you know what I mean, one of the insulated bags. And you can put freeze packs in there, or you can freeze some, some drink containers, can also be frozen and work as a, like an ice pack. So that can be really useful. So cold food can be kept cold. If they're going to bring something warm, And we'll talk about what in just a second, but if they're going to bring something warm, get a wide neck flask that can be heated up beforehand with boiling water, so then you're putting hot food in and hot food stays hot. Fluid is going to be the first thing to think about. So have they got an appropriate sized water bottle? Because if your water bottle is too tiny, it's not going to be enough and it's likely to run out. I know that's something really basic, but it's something really important. Then when it comes to food it needs to be fairly easily digested. The recommendation is that main meals need to be completed by around four to six hours before you're going to compete. Lighter meals around two to three hours and snacks up to an hour before the dancer starts competing. So working backwards And if time is one of those things that you don't know when you're going to actually be performing, then it's better to split the food up into smaller amounts. It needs to be easily digestible, so nothing high fat. Potato crisps, chips in the US, not great, they're high fat. They're going to sit in the stomach and take a long time to be digested. That's not fueling your dancer for competition. So low fat there needs to be some source of carbohydrate, whether that's some bread, and that really needs to be what the dancer is comfortable with. Golden rule, dancers should never be trying something new on the day of competition. You wouldn't expect to change your routine on the day of competition, I guess maybe for an injury, but you certainly wouldn't otherwise change it. Practice what you're doing with food. Your dancers should all know how the food works for them. Foods need to be familiar. So if they like white bread or they like brown bread, whole grain is better, but if they hate it, then they're going to be better off having something that's acceptable to them. Maybe a hot pasta dish with a tomato sauce and some protein in it, Um, maybe a hot rice dish, Um, maybe a salad that they take with some oat cakes or whole grain bread, um, a bread roll, some crackers. So they need to have some starchy carbohydrate that isn't fatty. And the starchy carbohydrates, bread, potatoes, rice, pasta, couscous, noodles, quinoa. Those are all the the basic ones, potatoes and sweet potato. Some protein, and that's going to depend if they're vegetarian or not. It just needs to be a low-fat one. So if it's cheese, try and go for a lower-fat cheese because the fat takes a long time to be digested. So it could be eggs, it could be cheese, it could be lean meat, it could be fish. It could be beans, but if they're gonna cause a gut upset, if somebody's not used to having a lot of beans, be careful. Tofu would be good, and corn is always a good protein source. So some protein, some carbohydrate, and some vegetables or some salad in a format that's easy to eat. Remembering to pack cutlery, very basic, but it's gonna be difficult dressing on the side if it's a salad so that the dancer can mix in whatever they need. Maybe some dried fruit for snacks and you can always mix in a few nuts unless you have nut allergy kids there, in which case obviously the message is going to be that you don't want those nuts being brought in the vicinity of any child who has allergies. But dried fruit is great. Cereal bars, they can be good, but it's really important to look at the list of ingredients and if there's a lot of sugar in them they're not going to be great. So they want to be oats or they want to be grains, dried fruit, nuts, those combinations. And actually small bars are going to be better than bigger ones because it's going to be easier just to have a small amount in one go. Other snacks that could be useful, sometimes things like um, plain biscuits. So we have in, in the UK, we have rich tea and morning coffee, but something along those lines are really plain biscuit. And if somebody's nervous, they just need something that's really small, because if you're anxious and you look at something big, you're just going to be overfaced. And if they're going to be dancing in several at several different times during the day, you really want to be able to prompt that dancer if they've done really well in the first round, um, maybe to then go and remember to hydrate, take some fluid on board, and to put some fuel in, ready to be fueled up for the next time that they're going to be dancing again. So it is planning and preparation. It is making sure they think about what they're taking. It isn't relying on the venue, unless they've checked up that there's a supermarket right next door to the venue. Uh, And even then, sometimes when time is tight and you're trying to sort up makeup and costumes, you might not have time to go out and do that. So planning and preparation
0: will lead to a good performance. Teachers, if you would like to share this information with your students or their parents, please feel free to send them the link to this particular Acrobatic Arts podcast. Let's all work together and help our dancers have a healthy and successful competition season. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.